No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Well, Ezra, when it was 4-1 to one in that third period, I thought, okay, I'm going to make my bat mitzvah as he's going to make his get his kids to bed and not Bedtime. have his dad yeah. want to you know kill him. Then it was 4-2. Then it was 4-3. Then it was 4-4. Then it was overtime. Then it was double overtime. So it was a little longer than we expected. As he commented, my hair is a little crazy. Sorry, folks. I'm... Uh, of course, no hats in the press box. It's great so. hockey hair, Dave M. Like I'm, I'm sure the chat will agree with me here. I know the ch- the chat is is not happy with the end result of that game, but JB Brown can, says, I, "No wonder I wear a toque." <laughs> exactly, but hey, if you got it, you got to flaunt it, right? You just muted yourself there, Dave. Yeah. Oh, oh I guess Dave Dave has to plug himself back in. Yeah, There's a little just, short circuit. There we go. We got you back, Dave. There we go. Well, this is the problem when you're moving your stuff all the time, Izzy. It's like. You know, I'm trying to move this and make it, you know, transport it, give people the good background that they come to expect here on a legal curve. And then, uh, yeah, I do have hair to you, Well, It's true. It's a little bit insane, but, uh, but yeah, it's unfortunately, uh, you guys get, to, well, sometimes you've seen it every once in a while. But the reality is, folks, heck of a game, heck of a game here in Winnipeg that the fans got a chance to uh, experience. The whiteout was, you know, off the rails. Everyone was, you know, uh, we were off the rails on our Saturday show, Ezzy, and I, and I don't know what it was like. On the television, I didn't get. Well, tell us what it was like to be in the building, Dave. I mean, I'm here in my River Heights basement. I was watching the game as you mentioned, with my dad, aka Grandpa, and uh, my two rugrats. But you were there. What was it like? I mean, I can I can only imagine what it was like when the Jets tied it up with only a few seconds left. Uh, well, you know what? Even before then, go back to the beginning of the game. Sorry, folks. I know my mic wasn't working. We're having some technical difficulties. I'm frazzled. I'm trying to get everything. You're good done. now. You're good now. We're trying Crystal to go. clear, We're trying Dave. To... Okay, good. Well, anyways, the the you know before we even get into the the tying goal, I mean we have to go back to the beginning of the game. I mean the fans. I was writing this on the website. The fans were amped. The fans were ready. The I mean you got to remember, and I know you know this, Eddie, but this is the first time a full building has been here. The White House has been back since 2019. So as a result, I, you know you could feel that energy, and it was right from the outset. It was before the game even started. The crowd was loud. I mean that was a really wasn't. I don't want to say it was as loud as 2011 uh, when they came back and you know that first game, that first exhibition game when it was just insane in the building. The big but, buff hit on uh, who was it? Whoever it doesn't matter who it was. He murdered somebody on the Blue Jackets. Whoever it was, it was was it Zach Bogosian's brother, Aaron Bogosian? Well, if, if if you can, if you like, no, if, I don't if, think it was. It was against Columbus. It was a split. Yeah, it was against game. Columbus. And it was an exhibition game, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't think you're ever going to match that because that was 15 years of angst built up, right? Or 15 yeah. years of whatever missing the NHL in our city, right? But um, I mean, when Adam Lowry scored, wow! I mean, that was that was one of the best moments in Jets 2.0 history. Because as you mentioned, after Keegan Colazar made it 4-1, I mean, you thought the game was over. You thought, you oh, know, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's time to pack it up and and go home. So um, give the Jets a lot of credit, considering that Josh Morrissey left the game early. I'm sure we're going to talk about that because there were a lot of tired defensemen. Uh, on the Jets, and I, I thought you really saw that, Dave, throughout the overtime, because obviously, you know, the Golden Knights were controlling the play for much of that first overtime. No, there's no question about it, and you've got to give guys credit. Neil Pionk, I think, played about 75 minutes in that hockey game, and he contributed a lot on the on the score sheet, but 
yeah, for sure, Ezzy, the, the loss of Josh Morrissey was a massive loss for this Winnipeg Jets hockey club, especially because it came, I think he played, what, a total of a minute 14 of that hockey game. So uh, a real unfortunate, real tough situation for the Jets. We don't know uh, other, anything other than the fact that Josh Morrissey is not returning, was not going to be returning to the game. Maybe we'll see if there's an update on uh, from Coach Rick Bonus when he speaks to everybody else. But uh, ultimately right now, that's a real tough, Tough situation for, uh, you know, the Winnipeg Jets. But, you know, just getting back to the whole idea of a whiteout, and we'll get into the game in a second and, of course, and do our Betway game recap. But you gotta you got to hand it to the crowd because the, the crowd was amped, whether it was the ones in the building, whether it was the ones that were on Donald Street at the uh, whiteout street party or the ones in the party in the plaza. Our photographer, Colby Spence, took a lot of photos. So we're going to have those up on our Illegal Curve Instagram. And they're out on Twitter and stuff like that. But... I'm glad to give it credit. It was it was a really good atmosphere. And again, like I said, the Jets might not have been ready to go because they gave up two goals on their first two shots. But the fa- the the fans were, and the fans were excited. Ezzy. Yeah, absolutely. I was just gonna. I was sending you a, a DM here uh, that I can talk about the the scene downtown outside the building because just around 1.30, you know. I so a, as people know who were watching the Saturday morning show, I'm both daddy and mummy this weekend because Naomi's soaking it up in Arizona while uh, Dave and I work our buns off here, uh, bringing great content for Jets fans here. But so I thought, what the hell, you know, uh, we went to mastermind, we've got a car wash and I thought, let's, let's take the kids downtown so that they can experience, you know, all the Jets fans and, you know, uh, the whiteout. So we drove by uh, true North Plaza. uh, We drove by the arena, did a couple circles, you know, we were honking at a few Jets fans and and my daughter, Ariella, said, why are you honking at these people? Because I said, that's what you do when you see a bunch of Jets fans or, you know, sports fans in general. And, you know, people will cheer back at you. So um, I, I, can, I can't speak to the inside of the building, obviously, Dave, um, but the atmosphere around the arena an hour and a half before the game was unbelievable. Like five or six blocks away from the arena, you know, there's Jets fans wearing their white jerseys or their white hoodies or or white t-shirts, you know, people are dressed up. I saw a guy dressed up as Captain Jack Sparrow, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and I'm sure you, you saw a lot more characters inside Canada life, right? But you're absolutely right, considering that, you know, there hasn't been a whiteout in since 2019. Um, I mean, this jet, this is the reward Jets fans get, um, you know, at the end of the season, right? So, you know, this has really galvanized the city, and it's just good for the soul of the city. Even though the Jets didn't win, they came close. Um, but it's just great to see... You know, tens of thousands of people downtown, um, you know, having a great time and celebrating the sport, celebrating our city. Well, for sure, as you're 100% right. And like I said, it's always a good representation. And we didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to see the flyby, but I'm sure that was quite awesome. And the folks who did were, you know, it, it seemed like there was a lot of excitement. And it was funny because it's one of those standard games like, you know, you look at the crowd and you're like, Meh, you know, they're, they're, they're a little sad, a little mopey. And then, of course, I could only imagine what it was like to be. I mean, I know what it was like in here. And it was loud. I mean, again, like I said, that's as loud as the building's been in a long time because I think it was a release of a lot of excitement for a lot of Jets fans. But uh, there's no question. Keep screwing up my mic here. Sorry about that. Let's there we go. I guess there's a there's a ghost or something, Dave. Well, What's going on there? It keeps cutting out. It's not. It's because I keep hitting it. Unfortunately, you know, I'm so I'm always using my hands to talk. Yeah. So I keep knocking out keep knocking out my wires here. Uh, my wires are getting, making all the stops. My wires. Are getting, I mean, you're you're seeing. You know, I just wanted to mention you're seeing. Uh, you know, thanks for everybody who's joining us right now because that was an epic double overtime game that obviously didn't go the way that Jets fans wanted it to go. But, um, you know, there was so much going on. I see a lot of people, 
you know, saying that they were, you know, pacing in their houses. Like at one point I had to tell Ruben to stop following me around the basement because uh, I just wanted to watch the overtime. And he kept saying, I want to go upstairs and you know play with his cars or whatever. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty tense, pretty nerve wracking, but I don't know, Dave, we've been covering this team for 12 years since they came over from Atlanta and that game is right up there. Uh, I mean, the 2018 run, I don't know if, you know, we'll ever be able to, to, you know, compare that to compare any, you know, run to that, unless obviously the Jets go back to the final four, the Stanley Cup final. But uh, the way that that game ended with Lowry scoring with, uh, I forget how many seconds were left. 26. 20 seconds. Yeah. 20.1 seconds. Um, it seemed like there was less time than that, but, uh, and obviously Mark Shifley getting the, you know, the third goal to, to make it a one goal game after he couldn't keep the puck in on the power play. Right. What a shot. Um, but yeah, I mean, really unfortunate. And we talked about it on this morning's show, right, Dave? We said, even if the Jets lose this game, series isn't over. It obviously makes it a lot harder because you have to win three of the next four. Um, and game four is a must win. I'm I'm going to repeat, that is a must win. Uh, most likely you're not coming back if you go down 3-1 back to Vegas. Um, but man, if, if they bring that energy and, and they bring that type of desperation, uh, I think they're going to do fine in game four. There's no question about it. I think you're right, Ezzy. I think that, you know, the, the second period lapse, notwithstanding, I mean, the Jets showed the urgency in that third, and I think they used the crowd energy, and I really do. I think the crowd was, I mean, it, I mean, look, you're, a 4-1 game is not traditionally, you know, the three-goal lead is not, as John Cherry used to say, and as our friend Jesse Pollock, former IC intern, said, two-goal lead is the hardest lead to, to, to hold. Well, the Golden Knights showed that the third three-goal lead was the hardest one to hold. So, um, yeah. I and, wonder, and, and you wonder if Keegan Colasar, who's obviously from Brandon, good Manitoba boy, uh, son of former Blue Bomber great Katie Williams, you wonder after he scored that goal if he regrets kind of taunting the Jets fans uh, behind Connor Hellebuck because yeah. he did the old uh, jump on the glass and he was doing some, uh, you know, I mean, he, I don't think he did anything that was unsportsmanlike. Uh, no, and I, and, I, and look, at, if I was him, which obviously I'm not, uh, but, uh, you know, I would probably do the same thing. But, yeah, uh, going back to what we were talking about in the first five minutes of the show, uh, you know, after Kolazar made it 4-1 late in the second, uh, you, you thought that it was over. But obviously the early goal by by Nino Niederreiter, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, Dave, into the Bet Betway game recap. But like you said, that's what you want to do when you're down three goals. You want to score early in the second, and then all of a sudden it's not as daunting to come back, right? Um, and then obviously, you know, the power play, um, which we didn't think was going to be as big of a factor, obviously was, uh, you know, obviously a terrible time to take penalties for Pierre-Luc Dubois, but the Jets killed it off because they have, they like we've said all year, they have had a top five power, pardon me, top five penalty kill all year long. And, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate with the the way the game ended because I, th I thought Dylan Sandberg was excellent tonight. And, and, and we'll get into who's going to replace, you know, Josh Morrissey. But I think, you know, Dave, you have to climb that hill you know, when it gets there, because we have no idea. I mean, Morrissey could be back for game four. Um, you know, it, it seems unlikely maybe at this point. Uh, but when you're talking about who might come in, I mean, we know who the options are, but obviously Dylan Sandberg's staying in the top six. I think you'd agree with that. I would indeed. And and although worth noting, as he before the game got underway, there were some Rick Bonus uh, had said that Nikolai Ehlers was not medically cleared to play, but there were going to be some other guys who were banged up and there were some question marks was uh, what he said. And so those were, so Logan Stanley ended up taking the skate. So obviously one of the defensemen is nicked up and was potentially not going to be available as was, um, who else took the skate? Was it Carson Kuhlman and uh, Axel Janssen-Fielby? So there were a number of guys who potentially could have been out of the lineup. The block aces, right? 
the black aces. That's right. So those guys were, were, were there and they were available if needed. But of course, line rushes got underway and uh, no replacements for any of the guys. But you do wonder if Logan Stanley was a potential for Josh Morrissey because uh, maybe he was maybe he was dealing with something nagging. And, and it's a good question. Like, again, um, you know, we'll get into the Betway game recap here, but I don't know if it's as obvious as, you know, Logan Stanley going in. I would probably, you know, if I was throwing some money at Betway, for example, uh, on uh, on who was going to come in, I'd probably say Logan Stanley just because of the nature of these first three games of the series, Dave. They've It's been physical out there. And we know that Logan Stanley is a man mountain. Um, and But Kyle Capabianco in, you know, 12 or 13 games, however many games he played in the regular season, he's pretty good, right? And, you know, he can easily play on the third pair there with, with Nate Schmidt, right? So, um, you, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, I don't think it's, you know, as obvious as some people might think. But yeah, it's for sure going to be Stanley or, or Capo Bianco. You're not going to be calling up Vili Hainala at, at this point, Dave. I don't think, you know, anybody thinks that's going to happen. But again, we, we're jumping to conclusions here because we still don't well, know if Josh Morrissey's we do. unavailable. We do know. Oh, okay, uh, I guess we do know because uh, we, I think I think I know when Dave M gets something on his phone from True North, his his eyes uh, light up a little bit. So no, the the report coming from our media friends who are down below us at the uh, Matt Frost Media Center are saying that Josh Morrissey is done for the series, according to Rick Bonus. Oh, no. So he's not saying he's done for the playoffs, but he's done for the oh. the the, uh, the series. So that is a massive loss yeah. for the Winnipeg Jets. Number forty four done. For the Arguably the last guy that you want to get injured, right? Like, I think yeah. you would put Adam Lowry the, the way he's playing. Uh, uh, but when you're talking about Josh Morrissey, he's the clear-cut number one defenseman. So that's horrible news. Yeah, tough, real tough news for the Winnipeg Jets uh, organization to lose Josh Morrissey. There you go. There's a little breaking news on IC. Wish we weren't breaking that, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, there you go. There is. Well, the if you want me to talk for the next five minutes while you bang out a little content, for ic.com i can dave but uh i'm sure we're going to get that on the on the website if and i'm sure that we've already put it out on on social media um thanks to our colleagues who are reporting on that and you know what like i really go back to what i was saying a few minutes ago like the fact that the jets were able to come back tie that game up without josh morrissey a guy who is, is who plays big minutes right like 22 23 24 minutes a game if it's a regular 60 minute game um, so I thought it was really impressive the way the Jets stepped up. That Dylan DeMello was really good. We talked about Dylan Sandberg. You know, it's an egregious mistake, but that's to me that's luck, right? That that goes off of a skate. Um, I really don't think, you know, like clearly, you know, it, it was a turnover. Um, but if anybody watched, you know, Dylan Sandberg in that game, he was battling. He had a really strong defensive game, so it's unfortunate. Um, but when you consider that. JMO are arguably the team's MVP after Connor Hellebuck, of course, um, considering he missed the, the majority of the game and you still came back and tied it. I think, you know, that's, that's something to be really proud of, even if you didn't win. Absolutely. And let's get into it here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Thank you very much for joining us. You spent your Saturday morning with us. Now you're spending your Saturday late or early evening, sorry, Azzy, uh, with uh, Ezra and I on the Illegal Curve post-game show brought to you by our friends at Betway. Whew. All right, guys, let's just get right into it. First goal of the game, it came, hold on, I'm going to pull it up here, 2.52 into the first period on the first shot by the Vegas Golden Knights. Chandler Stevenson, how many times have we talked about him? Three games into this series, but he gets the first the pride goal. pride of Saskatoon, right? Yeah, it was a little 
prairie connection with Mark Stone picking up the primary assist and Shea Theodore getting the secondary assist and the Golden Knights themselves trying to take that Winnipeg crowd out because, like I said, the crowd was electric and suddenly the Vegas Golden Knights find themselves up one nothing early in that first period. Yeah, and obviously Mark Stone, Dave, makes a, a, a really nice spin around pass around center to Chandler Stevenson. Um, and it's a it's a two-on-two situation, and we talked about it. It was the third pairing of Dylan Sandberg and, and Nate Schmidt. I thought Nate Schmidt had an excellent game as well, and I realized the Golden Knights scored five uh, five goals, but the fact that these all these guys had to share the minutes um, after Morrissey went down, and look, it's a two-on-two. Uh, it's Nate Schmidt on the left side. Chandler Stevenson takes the pass from Mark Stone, um, and it's a nice shot. And, you know, I, you were there, Dave, so maybe you saw a different replay as – we welcome in the one and only Drew Mandel. I'm not sure if Stevenson's shot, we're just going over the first goal here, Drew. Yeah. And I'm not sure if Stevenson's shot um, touches Schmidt at all, but it looked like it might have, um, you know, gone off of his leg or anything like that. Um, but to me, what stands out on that is just the really nice play uh, by Stone being pinned up against the, the, the half boards there, making the play by Chandler Stevenson. But I thought it was a two-on-two situation and it's just a shot that beats Hellebuck. But I thought... You know, the reason why I thought it might have gone off of Nate Schmidt is just because it looked like it might have changed direction on Hellebuck. Okay, I'm going to drop, jump in because uh, I, I hear the buttons for calling my name. So I'm going to leave Drew and Ezzy to do the post-game show sans me. I will be back if, that, if that's okay with Drew. Yeah. Is that okay with Drew? It, okay, might, be, it might be an abbreviated post-game show because, uh, yeah, again, I want to make it to my 13th wedding anniversary in an <laughs> ideal world. But, All right. Uh, we're I'll see you later. Drew, I'm not sure if you have a voice right now. Uh, it's a little bit hoarse. It was uh, it was a very entertaining hockey game, uh, as you're well aware, Mr. Ginsburg, and as everyone who watched that game, you know that's the kind of game where, well, first of all, I mean that's the you know the, the cliche you get your money's worth, and it goes to show you you know, and obviously playoff games have more have more intensity, and the playoff games are going to be more exciting. But it just goes to show you how many of the regular season games that people pay full fare for are just absolute dogs compared to what we saw tonight. I mean, not, now not every game is going to be like that, no question, but this was just a very, this was a fun hockey game where I don't think that the Winnipeg Jets l were losers tonight, just that the Golden Knights ended up as the winners. It was that entertaining of a contest between these two teams. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we were talking about it before you, you hopped on, like when you consider, you know, no Josh Morrissey for the majority of the game, He's gone. And for the, I don't know if you guys saw it. He's gone. We for the did. Series. Okay. Yeah, we did. We just saw that. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure a bunch. I'm, I'm sure it's all over Twitter now. Yes. Uh, and, and and that's just devastating, right? Yes. And I mean, the Jets can still you know battle back in this series, but um, I mean, I made the you know the the argument, or I made the the case that you know Josh Morrissey is probably the last guy that you want to get injured, right? Just in terms of his importance. I mean, Connor Hellebuck would probably be at the top of that list. But you're talking about Hellebuck, you're talking about Morrissey, obviously Kyle Connor would be up there, but just yeah. considering, you know, the season that Morrissey's had, how good he's been early on in this series, the first two games, obviously, because he didn't play a lot today. Right. But I thought that the Jets rallied around and just, you know, they showed a lot of heart. Exactly. I mean, they showed yeah. a lot of heart, a lot of soul. And even though they yeah. didn't win, you know, I, I think, like you said, the fans, I, I think, left that game as happy as you can be you know, with a loss, right? Because that game looked, if, when Keegan Colesar scored late in the second period, it was like, okay, this the, the Jets are down 2-1 in the series. Maybe they're going to win game four. Yeah. And then they battled back, starting with Showed Nino. Heart. And then obviously Shifley with a, just an, a massive goal. Yeah. And then Adam Lowry, who 
as we all predicted, has four goals in the first three games of the series. <laughs> Look, as that was a, it was a it was a fun game. I mean, I know that everyone's upset with the result, and I understand that because you know, from a fan's perspective, you always want your your team to win. I get that, but this was just a fun hockey game. I I mean, if there's been a better hockey game this year. Uh, in the NHL, I'm not certain about it. Just, you know, this was an entertaining, a fantastic hockey game up and back. And the Jets showed a ton of heart coming back. Now, it makes that Jets wild game at the end of the regular season look like yeah. a exhibition game. Yeah, no, look, the, the, it does. I mean, the, this, the intensity was it was through the roof. The the I give the Jets a lot of credit. Unfortunately, of course, getting giving credit doesn't put you any closer to the second round. And you have to wonder when you combine this loss and the the emotion that went into just the game in general with the Josh Morrissey injury and Nikolai Ehlers status is it going to be too much for the Jets to overcome and that's obviously going to be the storyline uh entering Monday night's game you know after this you know it's like the, the adrenaline is going to take a long time for this game to wear out wear off and then now you have to find a way to dig even deeper if you're the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, and that's going to be a very difficult task, uh, given just given the, the realities of the situation, given the realities that Vegas right now is at full strength and the Jets are not. And they're playing without their best defenseman. They're playing without their best five on five forward, which really puts your depth uh, to uh, to the test. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm sure you, you know, you mentioned you have a, a dinner to get to, so let's get yeah. into the let's second Vegas the second goal here goal. quickly. Yeah. But all I was going to say is, you know, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, leading up until game four, we'll be talking about, is it going to be Logan Stanley or is it going to be Kyle Capobianco? I don't think, you know, there's a big difference between the two, to be honest with you, like all right. due respect, Stanley's obviously bigger and more physical. Capobianco's uh, more of a, a depth defenseman, obviously, I guess Stanley is as well. Right. Um, but I mean, if there's any time for Nikolai Ehlers to come back in this series, it would be game four. <laughs> no question about it. If the doctors are able to clear them, uh, Vegas makes it two nothing at the six eighteen mark. It's their power play that does the damage. Jack Eichel, his second of the series. Chandler Stevenson and Alex Pietrangelo get the assists, uh, and it's just it's a well designed power play here. They move the puck well, Ezzy, and you know it's hard to believe that this Vegas Golden Knights power play. We touched on it with Jesse Granger uh, earlier. Uh, today it's hard to believe that their power play is so bad given the talent they have here it looked pretty crisp on this one and Eichel makes no mistake and is able to uh, get the puck on the one-timer past Connor Hellebuck and Vegas leads two nothing uh six minutes and 18 seconds into the uh, into the first period yeah and you know we're going to talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois penalty you know at the end of the third period and mm -hmm. in in the second overtime obviously but you know Dubois the one that was in the penalty box for this goal right yeah. So, you know, not a great night for Pierre-Luc Dubois taking penalties. And you like the fact that Dubois was playing a physical game, um, but he obviously lost his cool a little bit. Um, and, you know, on this particular goal, you know, yeah. we talked to Jesse Granger, uh, you know, uh, about, you know, how the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, you could say don't have a superstar. I would say Jack Eichel is the closest thing. If he's yeah. not a superstar, he's very close to being a superstar because he's obviously had Connor Hellebuck's number. What is that? His fourth or fifth goal when you include the regular season? Uh, against Connor, Connor Hellebuck, and he's in that spot, right? He's mm -hmm. to the right of Connor Hellebuck. Uh, they talked about it on the broadcast. Alex Petrangelo is a right shot. Um, it ends up hitting um, uh, the point shot through the middle, ends yeah. up going to William Carlson, and then he gets it to Jack Eichel, um, who obviously makes no mistake, and Hellebuck's going the other way, right? And that's why Eichel is so dangerous mm -hmm. uh, when he's to the right of Hellebuck on the left side because he's a right shot. And, you know, if, if Hellebuck's going the other way, uh, you know, he's just... he. 
Eichel has uh, just as good a shot as as Kyle Connor. It's obviously oh, different, yeah. but he has he he is that what? same level of weapon on the power play. He can if you put it in his sweet spot He's and he not gets all of it. Mistake. There's a good chance that it's it's going in the net. I agree with that. He's not going to make a mistake. And he was, he was dynamite tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. After the bad game one that he played, he's been great over the last two games. And he's really showing up in his first chance uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 2 nothing at this point for Vegas. They make it 2-1. It's Kyle Connor. He gets his second of the season. A huge goal for the Winnipeg Jets to cut the lead in half. This at the 9.07 mark of the first period. Uh, assist to Dylan DeMello and Brendan Dillon. It's a really nice redirection. Direction. This is all it is. It's, it's a nice play by DeMello yep. getting the puck onto Connor's stick and Connor with a very nifty redirection past Laurent Brassois to cut the Golden Knights lead in half and give the Jets, uh, let the Jets feel good about themselves, uh, you know, uh, at this point in the first period after a very slow start for the hometown team. Yeah, a hundred percent, right? The Jets only had, what did they end up with? I think it was, it's hard to remember the first period because it was three and a half hours ago, <laughs> but I think they only had, what was it? Six shots or seven shots in, uh, six in, the, shots first in period. the first period. Yeah, yeah there you go. So yeah. I, I guess my memory isn't, isn't half bad, but no. you're absolutely right. It's, it's Dylan, Brendan Dylan to Dylan yeah. DeMello. Um, and I believe it was Jack Eichel in the slot covering Kyle Connor and Jack Eichel was right there. I'm just I've got the replay up here. Yeah, it was Jack Eichel um, who, who decided to, Oh no, it wasn't Jack no, Eichel. It wasn't that Eichel. Uh, Nick Waugh. It was Nick yeah, Waugh, number 10, exactly. right? So he was there with, with Connor and, you know, Connor, again, that is the definition for me of just great hand-eye coordination. Yeah. So DeMello, and we've talked about Dylan DeMello, you know, he's not spoke, like when you talk about offensive defensemen on the Jets, you immediately think of Morrissey and Pionk, but yeah. DeMello has really added that uh, to his game. He's really good at just getting pucks kind of, uh, you know, through the, through the seams, as they say. And yeah, like you said, Drew, just great tip and a huge goal at the time yeah. um, because it, it it swung the momentum back. It was 2 well, nothing. It, it wasn't play. looking good. You yeah. cut the lead to one. Now you've got something to build on for the rest of the period. Yeah, exactly. And so with the Jets, you know, the, and the rest of the period, I mean, the Jets, like you said, they only had six shots on goal. Look, the Jets only had nine shots on goal through 35 minutes of this game. Uh, so, I mean, you you know that the Jets certainly didn't play their best until, you know, the real the stakes really increased in that third period. But, and, you know, to make the ultimate, you know, at the end of the day, to make the uh, shot totals much more respectable. But the Jets were really getting stymied by Vegas throughout a lot of this game. Uh, and then they continued in the second period. Eichel again, also on the power play. Hell of a time for the Golden Knights power play to find its, its rhythm at the 1046 mark. Of the second period, it's Eichel, his third of the season, pardon me, his third of the playoff season, the second of the game, assist to Pitterangelo and Riley Smith on the power play, as he, and it's a 3-1 Golden Knights lead uh, after the Jets really started the second period with a lot of momentum and a lot of pushback and came very close to tying the game at two. It ends up being 3-1 for Vegas. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned you know, Eichel, <laughs> how good Eichel was, uh, you know, tonight, and you know, again, like it's, it's Petrangelo who, you know, boy, does he look like the same guy who won a Stanley cup in 2019 with the blues. Obviously mm -hmm. he's a little bit older, uh, but you know, he's, he's just that steady influence there, you know, manning the quarterback in the power play. And again, right shot to Eichel, right shot. And Hellebuck is moving the other way. Hellebuck gets a piece of this one. Cause I, I did watch the replay closely uh, after watching the, the goal live. Mm -hmm. um, I got confused about, the, I almost was in my mind was thinking the second goal was that goal. Um, when we were talking about uh, Eichel's first goal in the first period. But um, yeah, I mean, again, one of the best one-timers in the league, yeah. you know, I'm not saying he's got the best one-timer, but I would probably say it's it's at the very least top 10 
Um, and the Golden Knights, I mean, this was earlier in the in the power play. And yeah, just, you know, Petrangelo knows you put it in the wheelhouse. He's right at the, the face-off circle mm-hmm. and Hellebuck comes over. And even though he gets a piece of it, I mean, it's just uh, one of the hardest one-timers in the league to stop, I would say. Yeah, it's a very difficult shot for any goalie, and Jack Eichel's a superstar player. So, I mean, there, there's, you know, when, he, when he's teed You're up You're calling like him that, a superstar. He I, is a superstar. That's, that's the thing, and I didn't want to, you, know, uh, you know, get into a thing with, with Jesse Granger, because obviously he's a good friend of ours and a great yeah. journalist. But when he was saying that the Golden Knights don't have a superstar, I was like... Okay, well, I would consider Eichel a superstar. He might. Well, the problem is he's never he's never been healthy enough. To, exactly, to, to he doesn't really have a hundred point season, or That's he doesn't right. have a heart trophy. But I mean, if you look at his career, he's always like sixty points in sixty games, or right. you know, sixty five points in sixty games. Give um, him a full so, season sure. and, and and see how many points he yeah. racks. Eighty five, like, ninety points, easy, easy, easy. Yeah. That's uh, on, on the low end, I would suspect. I mean, I think this is the guy who's only going to get uh, who would only get stronger uh, you know, the more games he was to, were, were to play in the regular season. Three uh, one at this point halfway mark of the second period 4-1 and I said to my wife at this point as we were at the game I said this is going to be tough to come back by Keegan Colasar the the, the local and that's boy. when Laura said no Mark Shifley is going to score and then Adam <laughs> Lowry's going to tie it up with 20 <laughs> seconds left and then uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to take a penalty with 10 seconds left that's when Laura said uh, that's when Laura said no the game's going to go to double overtime no problem uh, she, she guaranteed it at that point in time uh, but it's uh, Keegan Colasar, his first of the year, uh, first of the playoffs, assist to Eichel again. Boy, was he dangerous. And Michael Amadio. And it's uh, 4-1 for the Golden Knights uh, late in the second period at the 1745 mark. And, you know, I, I'm going back to the Saturday morning show here again. But a couple of weeks ago when we were previewing the series, you know, we talked about the, the Vegas Golden Knights forward depth that, you know, even though you would probably say Connor Dubois-Shifley is the, the most talented line for both two teams, we talked about the depth here. And, you know, when, when you get a goal from a fourth liner, Brandon Manitoba's Keegan Colasar, I mean, that just shows you the type of depth that they have, right? Like yeah. you have, you know, p- players like, you know, I, I, again, I don't know if it's a third line, but, you know, Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, your third line, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, at, it's, an, it's a nice backhander goal um, by Keegan Colasar. And I mentioned this, I'm not sure if you were had hopped on yet. I mentioned this to Dave. It's almost like, you know, Colasar, you know, he shouldn't have kind of mocked the Jets crowd behind Connor Hellebuck. You know, he jumped on the glass and, you know, gave uh, gave a look to a few fans back there. But obviously he's entitled to to celebrate. Yeah. But yeah, hey. it's a it, look, it's a rebound. Eichel puts it on net. And I mean, you're going to like some people might say you can't give up that rebound to Hellebuck. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when a shot like that is. I mean, Eichel's doing that on purpose. 100% yeah, I could did that oh, on purpose. It's a shot, it's a shot he's not, for a he's not, Yeah, he's not shooting a score there. He's yeah. hoping to get that rebound. Obviously, you know, it was a fortuitous rebound. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, I mean, Kolasar scores it, and, you know, they're up by three goals just watching the replay. Yeah, he he's he's uh, he's chirping the, the Jets fans behind him there. Uh, little does he know at that point that, um, you know, the Jets are going to come back and, and score there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Vegas was all over the Jets at that point. It looked like the game was over. We know what happened in the third period. But yeah, on that particular goal, to me, it just speaks to how much talent there is on this team. This team was not a 111 point team by accident. No. This was not a fluke. No, I mean, they lost, they missed, many games people forget fluke. they missed the playoffs last year. Yeah. Nobody was predicting that. Everybody was predicting them to win the division. Yeah. We all know what happened last year with all the injuries and everything like that. So yeah, that was uh, just a, you know, a nice, nice rebound. Colazar was just Johnny on the spot there.
He was uh, 4-1 at this point, 4-1 entering the third period. Do the Jets have a comeback in them? Do they have the fight in them? Well, we know that they did definitely have that fight dog mentality in the third period, and it starts early because that's when you need it to start. Nino Niederreiter getting his first of the series assist to Pierre-Luc Dubois and Neil Pionk. This is at the 204 mark, Ezzy, and the Jets have some life early in that third period by getting this goal uh, from Niederreiter, the trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, and and I thought Nita Ryder was really good. I he thought was, that yeah. that line was really good. I realized there was a uh, they they made a switch there, and Shifley and Dubois switched um, switched lines there. But I mean, you know, do Nita Ryder, um, you know, it, it seems like you know every time he's on the ice or every second time he's on the ice, uh, you know, he's driving the net, he's creating chaos. Good things um, happen. He's a professional. Who was the, the hit on earlier in the game? He nailed somebody. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were so many hits. I mean, obviously, I, I was um, a couple drinks in, so I'm not sure that I'm able to identify yeah, the players. In that yeah, no, there. no, fair enough, Drew. Yeah. I would, I, I would be, I would have a, no shortage of things to to enjoy <laughs> at that game either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, just going back to that goal, it's it, it, it's just a, a really nice shot by Niederreiter. Um, you know, starts starts to play a little give and go with with Dubois, but just a beautiful shot, glove side that you know, I, I think Lauren Brassois didn't really have a chance on. Yeah, I would agree with that. Our buddy Mike McIntyre reporting that he's heard that Josh Morrissey's series-ending injury is related to his knee, maybe an MCL, something to do with his MCL, maybe a sprain or something along those lines. That's not what good. Mike, uh, Mike McIntyre just not good when they're saying player. in Game Three that he's he's Done definitely out because then for the season. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say like uh, you know at the very least it seems like he wouldn't be coming back till late in the playoffs. But if it's yeah. if it's MCL ACL. And I'm not a doctor, but I did tear my MCL, ACL, as you know, Drew, in yeah. the you very competitive Jewish floor hockey world. So yeah. um, I, I haven't recovered. I, I still haven't recovered. I still haven't I done the physio, right? Thanks, you know that. Yeah. I, I assume Josh will do the physio. I, I'm not sure that yeah. you, you're ever going to get around yeah. to it. Not worried about JMO. When it comes to me, you know yeah. that uh, you know that my career was done there. A four-two for the uh, for the Golden Knights. Uh, Shifley fourteen oh eight mark on the power play. Uh, great time for the Jets power play to click in this game. It's his first. Uh, assist to Pionk and Connor, and this is just a goal scorer's shot. So this is just a beautiful shot that he's able to beat Lauren Persuas with it, and it's all of a sudden a four-three game with uh, under six minutes to play. As he, yeah, and I mean, I- I'd love for you to to chime in after I talk about the goal here yeah. because you were in the building. I can only imagine. Um, you know, I-, I-, I was telling Dave and and the chat. I took the kids in the minivan an hour and a half before puck drop, and I just wanted them to see you know, all the white Jets jerseys and to see the, the street party and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so that was incredible, but I wasn't in the building, but definitely, you know, watching wow. it here with the kids and, and my dad. I mean, when Shifley scores that goal, because, uh, you know, right before that, he lost control of the puck, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that was on the same power play. So you're thinking, yeah. oh, c- come on, Shife, like you c- got to keep that puck in. And what does he do? He keeps himself composed. We talked yeah. about it. Shifley was the one of the players we wanted to have a, a, a breakout game. Obviously, yeah. that didn't necessarily happen, but it no. was definitely a huge goal at the moment because, I mean, that that was everything with, you know, whatever it was, six minutes left. You got the feeling that, you know, there was a good chance the Jets were going to tie it up. That, you know, he scored, the place was buzzing, the place was bumping. It was a lot of fun in that building, I can assure you. And then when La- Adam Lowry tied it up with 22 seconds to go, his fourth of the series assist in the Mesnikov and Pionk, and it's exactly how you score a tying goal when the goalie yeah. is pulled. You put the puck on net and you let chaos ensue, and Adam Lowry has just been such a beast in this series. He just would not be denied. He said, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm going to find a way to get that puck 
back on my stick and he did so and it was a tie game and I thought my ears were going to pop because he was just absolutely incredible uh, to tie that game at four because I did not see that coming Uh, and the Jets had 22 seconds before it was going into overtime and it got a little hairy in those last 22 seconds as yeah and you know what over the years we've obviously seen a lot of amazing individual performances in the playoffs right you think of you know, in, in recent memory, you think of, you know, maybe Braden Point on, on the Tampa Bay Lightning, or you think of Ryan O'Reilly uh, for St. Louis. Like, the guy that, you know, uh, Lowry's reminding me of is that 2004 run for Calgary, Jerome Ginla, right? Like, Jerome Ginla was, he was laying body checks. He was mm-hmm. fighting. He was scoring big goals. And obviously, Lowry's not as prolific a, a goal scorer as Ginla. His dad, if you see the connection, his dad happened to be on that 2004 Calgary team but right. honestly he's doing everything Lowry is doing everything he's killing penalties he's out there on the power play he's chucking the knuckles with Keegan Colasar a couple of big boys um you know he's just doing everything but you're absolutely right and the thing I wanted to mention Drew you know in addition to the the chaos that ensued um or happened right before that goal Blake Wheeler uh just a great individual effort he beats William Carlson he keeps the puck in yeah. gets it back to uh Kyle Connor um, and then I think it was uh, uh, Connor to Lowry behind the net. Um, and then yeah. it comes back to, uh, it was Neil Pionk who took the shot. Neil Pionk and the Mestikov deflected off of him a little bit. And yeah. then it ended up on Lowry's stick. Yeah. So just, you know, great, you know, great individual effort by Blake Wheeler to beat yeah. out William Carlson, who had a chance to clear the puck there. And then also just, you know, some good work down low by, by Connor and Lowry behind the net uh, to get it back to uh, uh, Neil Pionk at the point. And, and yeah, Adam Lowry just goes right in front of Lauren Brassois, whacks it a couple times, and he just won't be denied. It was Alec Martinez, uh, who's the defenseman that, I mean, look, Lowry is a big, big man. Not many defensemen. I mean, even a guy like Logan Stanley, who's six foot seven, yeah. would have trouble with Lowry because he's six foot five, but he's a solid on his skates. Six, six foot five, five. two hundred and thirty so right. pounds yeah. of, of muscle. I mean, he's yeah, a this is yeah. this is a monster. You, if, if you see that coming down the street, you're moving the you're moving aside and saying, "Thank you, sir. May I help? Uh, may I help with another? May I, may I assist you with anything?" Lowry's a Mack truck. Exactly right. A runaway Mack truck in some regards. Uh, and of course, we know what overtime happened. The Jets had so many opportunities in that overtime period. Uh, it was an entertaining overtime period. I, I hate the fact that Vegas got that bonus uh, timeout on the icing. So they iced the puck on the uh, just after the 10 minute mark of the overtime period. And the rule being that the first whistle, and this needs to be changed, the first whistle yep, after a uh, after the 10 minute mark of overtime results in that dry scrape a little bit where they come out and they shovel the ice. And Vegas, who are gassed and are on their heels, they get a bonus extra timeout as a result of it. That needs to be changed to be the rule that exists for TV timeouts during the first six. 60 minutes of the game. Well, and, where... and that's what we should mention. For those who don't know, yeah. a lot of people will know this who've watched a lot of hockey. There's no TV commercials in overtime. Right. You know, just for some people who might be listening to the podcast or might not know that or were wondering, that's always been the case. Or at the yes. very least, Drew, it's been the case for a long time there, yeah. that there aren't TV timeouts during overtime. So that absolutely, like, I, I remember Alex Petrangelo for sure was the defenseman that yeah. was on the ice. If it, it, it might have been Martinez because that's the pair, right? That's yeah. the top pair, pair for Vegas. There. 
All right, so it's Martinez and Petrangelo. Yeah. And that absolutely, I think Chandler Stevenson was out there. So yeah. it would have been the Stevenson Stone uh Brett Howden line. They have so you're absolutely right. The tank. And exactly. then that, the Jets probably would have scored. Like I, I was almost thinking, like, how are they gonna even do anything here? They look yeah. like they, they can barely barely even move. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The dry scrape. Just gave them enough oxygen to basically, you know, uh, complete the, the next shift. Grace is right here. I put this comment up on the screen. They rewarded Vegas for icing the puck. They absolutely did. Uh, that's just a rule that needs to be changed by the NHL. They need to adopt the same rule that they have during the first 60 minutes of the game where, you know, once if you ice the puck, there is they do not go to a TV timeout, even if they're supposed to go to the TV timeout. They just they don't do it on an icing and they need to do the exact same thing come uh for the playoffs because that gave vegas a break uh obviously the first overtime ended and then michael amadio uh gets his first of the series in at the 340 mark of double overtime arvin barbashev gets the assist it's i mean everyone it's a it's a bad bounce by off you know dylan sandberg is trying to make the right play ivan yeah. barbashev is is makes a better play in sort of forcing a bit of the turnover but it's just as well a lucky bounce onto the stick of amadio and amadio makes no mistake turning and firing and be, uh, beating blake wheeler uh ending a tremendous hockey game you know, bringing heartbreak to everyone in Winnipeg and those who are cheering for the Jets. 5-4 is the final, giving Vegas a two-game-to-one lead uh, in this best-of-seven series with Game 4 coming up on Monday night. Yeah, and, and why it's so unfortunate, and, and you're, you know exactly why, Drew, you were, you were in the building. Yeah. Um, the reason why that's so unfortunate is because the Jets killed not only one, but two penalties in, in overtime. Yeah. And that rarely happens, right? Like you yeah. just know re referees will only call penalties that they basically have to call. Right. And you're right. I mean, it's just a horrible bounce. And I mentioned this to Dave, I think before you jumped on, you know, about 10 minutes into the show or whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought Sandberg was excellent, you know, playing a little bit more than he normally would. He was around 22 minutes. Um, and it's just unfortunate because, you know, they, they had just killed off the penalty, mm -hmm. uh, you know, rather easily actually. Um, and you look, look at Michael Amadio, we've talked about it. He scored some goals, um, you know, before against the jets and, you know, he's just right in the slot. It comes yeah. right to him and, and you're right. I mean, Ivan Barbashev, he's a guy that the, the they acquired from the blues for a reason, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a good depth forward and he's a playoff um, performer. He's a playoff performer. He has a yeah. Stanley cup ring as well. We were talking about Petrangelo earlier, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, look at, I mean, that's luck because not only does, does Barbashev, you know, get his stick on it and it's a nice turnover. It just, as I'd mentioned, it goes right. Like Michael, Amato, it's like, you know, when you're standing and you played a lot of baseball, Drew, like it's like yeah. when you're standing in the outfield and the guy just happens to hit it right, right at you. You just standing, have to put up your right? glove just like right? this. Like You don't even have to move. And that was Michael Amadio in the slot there. So, yeah. I mean, you know, Dylan Sandberg is one of my favorite players on the Jets. I feel awful for him. You yeah. know that, you know, all the Jets players, uh, you know, went to, went to him after the game, or you know, uh, right after that, and said, you know, you don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's having a great rookie season. Uh, you don't like to see that to anybody on any team, not just the Jets, but right. yeah, man, you got to feel for Sandberg there. A crappy way to to lose the game, not not the way Jets fans wanted it to end. Jets fans wanted to leave there. Uh, with a win or you know obviously watch it uh, watch a win so yeah uh sorry i'm sorry I, no no matter what anybody tells me that was a complete fluke uh 
you know, just a, a terrible bounce there. It was a terrible bounce, but it's a good it's a good play by the Golden Knights yeah, to be I'm in position. I'm not taking anything away from Barbashev. He right. creates the turnover. Right. All I'm say, saying, it, it just because Amadio was standing right there and yeah. nobody was around him. Like, there was no jet within, you know, six to ten feet of Amadio. And it's, you know, it's a, a nice shot. Beats Hellebuck. And that's yeah. the game, unfortunately. That is the game. 5-4 Golden Knights defeat the Winnipeg Jets. Take a 2-1 series lead. Game four coming up on Monday. We'll go to break when we come back. Uh, a quick word for what Rick Bonus said post-game. Then we'll wrap this up as both Ezzy and I have uh, places to be on this Saturday night. Well, you we have appreciate- a place to be. I have to put my kids to bed. My dad's yes. upstairs. Uh, he wants to go to bed because it's 10 to 8 and it's probably pretty close to his bedtime. So <laughs> you have places to be. You're Mr. Anniversary and I'm just... Uh, Dad slash mom. Yeah, you're there. You go. We'll be back. It's the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts, and all the up and comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. 
Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Ezra Ginsberg talking about the Jets' 5-4 defeat at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights. They trail in the series two games to one now with a key game four coming up on Monday. In case you're just joining us, the news not good regarding Josh Morrissey out for the remainder of the season. Our friend Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press, reporting in May have something to do with an MCL, which is, of course, a knee-related injury. Uh, so huge blow to the Jets' back end. Morrissey playing two shifts in the entirety of tonight's game and uh, they're going to be without their Jets the Jets best defenseman for the remainder of the series wanted to make mention Adam Lowry's tying goal with about 21 seconds to go in the game that's our Seagram's shot of the game Seagram's 83 Manitoba's favorite Canadian whiskey I know some of you might be pouring yourselves a whiskey uh, after the result tonight if you're going to be drinking please drink responsibly and drink using our friends at Seagram's available at your local liquor mart and wherever fine liquor products are sold fireball uh, my fireball i should say bottle is at dave m's house yeah um and you're not taking a shot so just do the shot when you guys when you and laura go out for your anniversary dinner thank you we'll take care of that i appreciate the permission to do that mr ginsburg i want to say thank you to betway the game recap tonight has been brought to you by betway it's simple fun and safe to bet with betway so head on over to betway and guess what you need to do you need to bet your way must be 19 years or older to play please play responsibly as the tough duck hardest hitting comment who's getting it tonight yeah we're going to do it real quick here because uh, as you mentioned earlier you've got your anniversary dinner to go to we're yeah. going to give it to Adrian. I hope I pronounced this right. Uh, Howaleshka. Uh, <laughs> yeah, lots of negativity here. They fought back, hit the post in overtime. Lots of fight left in this series. Losing Josh is a big one. Who's in for him? I bet it's not Stanley. And yeah, I, I didn't, obviously, it was more so the beginning, you know, yeah. the first part of that, because obviously it's going to be Logan Stanley or, or Kyle Capobianco. Uh, I, I really have no idea. That's something that we'll have to debate at another time. I think it's going to be Capo Bianco. Personally. Yeah, it's possible, Drew. Like, I, I really think it's it, the like, skill set that needs to be replaced. Capo Bianco has shown that he's more of an he's got some uh, more offensive flair to his game, I think. And so that would be why I wouldn't be shocked if it's if it's Kyle uh, Capo Bianco. Uh, I see people in the chat saying Billy Hainala, Billy Hainala, and no. I understand the logic behind it. Not You're not going to call happen. up a guy no. from the AHL to fill no. in, and he hasn't been time. playing right because the moose have a two-week break That's right. before before their playoff series starts yeah. against Milwaukee. So yeah, it's going to be Stanley or Capo Bianco, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Capo Bianco, Drew. I think it's kind of 50-50. Obviously, if Logan Stanley goes in, yeah. uh, you know, everyone's going to be talking about it's because of the size. You know, you can't talk about Stanley, it seems, without mentioning he's six foot seven, as if we don't right. already know that. Um, but yeah, it, there's a good chance it'll be Capo Bianco. But Adrian, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com with your mailing info. And then Tough Duck will ship out a trucker hat because we're on to trucker hats now that it's the playoffs. We've switched the giveaway. It was Tukes during the year. 
uh, but we're doing trucker hats now in the uh, in the playoffs. So congrats to Adrian for the tough duck hardest hitting comment. Okay, yes, agreed. Uh, I'm seeing that we need to send uh, best wishes to Bailey. Looks like she may have been feeling a little under the weather at the whiteout. I understand yeah, she, that. I don't know if you saw that on social media. Um, I, I did tweet at her because she put it on social media. Okay. Uh, she said that she she fainted here. Let me read it. Was immediately put on a stretcher and rushed to the EMT uh, and, and looked at EMTs. I'm okay now. And then I said, you know, hope you're doing better. And she said, yeah. uh, I'm feeling much better. So Bailey is okay. But um, I mean, I guess that was, you know, I'm not making a joke here, but you know, it was a it was a very tense environment. There was a lot going on, a lot of cheering, a lot of momentum swings, and everything like that. But obviously, the most important thing is that that Bailey's doing okay. Absolutely, Bailey. We're sending you our best thoughts and wishes. Of course, they, they can't do the program without the intern, so we need the intern to be fully healthy, uh, without a doubt. Uh, as a uh, final word today uh, on the post game show goes to Rick Bonus, the Winnipeg Jets head coach. That was a hell of a hockey game. The crowd was fantastic. The guys laid it all out there on the line tonight. They played their hearts out. I'm very proud of the way we played. We're down early. We get that. We fought back. We're down three going into third, and we keep fighting. There is no quit in this group. So that is what the Jets head coach, Rick Bonus had to say after the game today, courtesy of our friend Murata Tesh, tweeting that out on his Twitter feed of Murata, of course. You should read his work uh, on theathletic.com. One last comment from Rick Bonus uh, about Dylan Sandberg. He says he has every confidence in defenseman Dylan Sandberg. I talked to him right after the game. I said, Dylan, we are where we are because of you. You helped us get here. You helped us get to double overtime. And that's true. Dylan Sandberg has been a tremendous defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets. And you hope that this is just one of those things that happens in the, you know, Two teams, one player made a better play than your player did. You can't linger on it. You can't let it affect you. You got to flush it and get back in for Monday's game four between the Jets and the Golden Knights. Well, and, and you know, he's going to move up the lineup, obviously, because he's a left yeah. shot. Right. Um, you know, so, I, I mean, I'm, I, I think it would be logical to assume that Brendan Dillon is, is now your, you know, top pairing left side defenseman. Um, but you it's know, be, it's, December, it's gonna right? be a it's gonna be a committee. It's exactly. gonna be a committee who's gonna have yep. to do the work here. There's no question about it. Uh, not an easy maybe, situation. Maybe they'll go eleven and seven for game four. Well, you know, not gonna be an easy situation for the Winnipeg Joking, Jets, obviously. of course, without uh without Josh Morrissey now moving forward and the status of Nikolai Ehlers still up in the air. Uh big thank you to all the sponsors of the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website. They make this a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty. Betway, they're the title sponsor of the post-game show. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park. I used Grid Park to park uh, going to right the on. game. It was really easy. Use Grid Park if you're heading downtown at any point in time or any of their lots throughout the city of Winnipeg. And, of course, our friends at the keg. If anyone has a lozenge, I think I could use it. My voice is a little hoarse after uh, two shows on this Saturday. It's a two-show Saturday. Just Google, pardon me, not Google, just gargle some uh, salt water. Drew, before you guys go out. I'll, I'll get right on that. Support the fine businesses I mentioned before because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Post-game show on Monday, probably right around, oh gosh, let's say 11.15, 11.30. Time will tell. Depends. So if what you're saying, it's going to be another night. early night for us, right? Another early night. Go to bed now. Maybe you'll, you'll wake up in time. Big thanks to everyone who joined us on the Saturday show and who joined us for the post-game show. We always appreciate your support. If you haven't done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the 
podcast. Leave us your feedback here, there, and everywhere. We always want to know what you think about our fine programming. Dave Manuk was here before. He's off to a bat mitzvah. Ezra Ginsburg here. He's abandoned his children. Happy anniversary to Drew and Laura. You guys are, uh, I think, the example uh, that that we all follow for uh, you know how to how to be. Uh, wedded bliss how to be how to be happy and i wish you guys uh, I, th- I hope you guys have a great uh anniversary dinner and may you be blessed with wisdom thank you very much mr ginsburg i appreciate your blessings as well that's an inside joke that's between ezzy and i and nobody else needs to know what that means thanks everyone for joining us have a great saturday night do whatever you're doing do it safe do it healthy we'll see you back here on monday night this has been the illegal curve post game show thanks for listening to this broadcast from illegal curve hockey For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.